Lord is saying, um, he says, the, the earth has been stunned. He said, when you look around and you see people who are missing that used to be faithful, when you see people who used to love me and you don't know how they feel about me, they don't exalt me anymore, uh, he said, there's a, a stun from the from the arrows of the enemy that went across the earth and it hit many believers. He said, it hit many of my people, says the Lord. He said, if you escaped it, you fell into great mercy. He said, great mercy, great mercy, great mercy, says the Lord. If you're still here and you're still faithful and you're still following me, you are the recipient of great mercy, says the Spirit of God. And great mercy comes to those who live in my mercy. If you're not accustomed to living in mercy, you won't receive mercy, says the Lord. You're, you're, you're finding your way through darkness and that will not work for people at some point, says the Spirit of God. And so people have been led by me off and on, but they haven't been the recipients of mercy. And he says that if you escape the stun, that the enemy perpetrated on the earth, it was because you are the recipient of great mercy. And he says, great mercy begets great mercy. And he says, there are people who are walking around in darkness. They are blind. They think they see, but they're blind, says the Spirit of God. And I have put you in the earth as a recipient of great mercy that you might minister out of that great mercy to those who are stumbling, to those who are confused, to those who are blind, says the Spirit of God, that their eyes might be open and they might see and they may find their way back to my heart again and then back to my house of worship, says the Lord. And he says there are many, many people who think they're on the right road and they are yet in darkness, says the Lord. They're in great darkness, says the Lord. And many of these are my people, says the Lord. My people who are called by my name are still stumbling in darkness, says the Lord. But understand that that because you have received great mercy, not because of anything you did, great mercy is a big question to everybody, says the Lord, everybody except me. And I know how to let mercy follow you and overtake you, says the Lord. You have been followed and you have been overtaken by great mercy, says the Lord. It's not favor. You didn't ask for it. You don't even know you walk in it most times, says the Lord. But you somehow managed to stay in my path and I had to come after you and affect your life and open your eyes and lead you in the way that you should go. So understand what's going on in the earth right now, says the Lord. There are many people who are in shock. They have been stunned. They are in great fear. Many people, you see, they wear a mask when there's no need to wear a mask. They are stunned and they are confused. And that's just one example, says the Lord. There are many. But understand this, that my great mercy has come upon you. If you are sitting here under my ear, says the Lord, then great mercy has come into your life. And rejoice, 
that great mercy has come to you. It is not anything that you did or did not do. Mercy is the great mystery, but it has come into your life, and I'm here to tell you that it's working in your life. And I want you to be guided by it and let it work in others because they are in great need of great mercy, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Some of you have had unusual and unique losses and then rebounded quickly. It's great mercy, says the Lord. Great mercy found you, followed you, and overtook you, says the Lord. Some of you thought it was all over and you found you had a second wind. It's great mercy, says the Lord. Great mercy. Some of you are looking at situations in your life and wondering when they're going to change. And he says, just hold on because great mercy is upon your life and that change is definitely going to come. And it is upon you and it is on your life and it is for real, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. It is upon the remnant, says the Lord. So many people throw that word around and I know it's used inappropriately many times, but Great mercy is part of the remnant equipment that you might go through and you might press through and you might emerge victorious in the days to come. But just remember that mercy begets mercy. Withhold judgment, withhold anger, withhold criticism because mercy begets great mercy. And show great mercy. When the door is open for that, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, and that's all the time. Whether we are aware of it or not, we need you so much, Lord. You are the very breath that we take, and we appreciate you. We love you. We worship you and honor you. Praise your holy name. We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Amen and praise God. Amen. So yesterday we began talking about the fact that he will never leave us or forsake us. God lives inside. This is his choice to dwell inside of man. Amen. Uh, I don't care who it is. People you can't get along with, he can't. Amen. So. So that that includes everybody. And it's a blessing for all of us because nobody's like in a, in a right condition at every minute of every day. Amen. We all subject to get a little rough depending upon our circumstances. Amen. Some of us, it takes a lot. Some takes a little. Amen. But, you know, whatever. But he is, is content and pleased to dwell within us and to, and to walk among us. Um, you know, through the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's such a, a, a major blessing. It really, really is. And so we talked about also that he is the author and completer of our faith. So he is the one who began everybody in the faith walk. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Amen. Really, when you take up your cross, what that means is that you don't have all the freedom 
you have. I mean, you got to follow him. Because <laughs> you can't just drop and, and run and do what you want to do. And you think you can. Who was that? You said, I pity the fool. <laughs> oh, Mr. T. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, we're not to call one another fool, of course, as, as Christians, but it was kind of interesting. You know, it, it, his, 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 uh, point was anybody who tries that is just crazy. Amen. And he's going to come to a bad end. I feel sorry for him because he, he's not going to, going to wind up good at all. And so once you receive Christ, you just can't run around and do what you want to do anymore. Do, if you want peace. Now, if you want to come to a bad end, you know, you think you can take your life back from him. Uh, it's blood bought. There's no price higher than the blood of the Son of God. Amen. It's the highest price ever paid for anything. And so when we think about that, it, it's, there's no way you can buy it back. There's no way you can steal it. No way you can not uh, respect God in, in what you're doing. You just have to obey the spirit of the living God or there's conflict within you and there's conflict in your life. Amen. Some people live for many, many years what they call running away from God after they've been born again. Well, you can't run away from you. Where are you going? He's inside of you. Can't go nowhere. Amen. And that's why our salvation is so secure. Because he secures it by the Holy Spirit. The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as the earnest of the Spirit. Amen. Earnest deposit. Even though uh, he's not uh, rough, to hard to live with. You know, sometimes you barely know God's dwelling in you. Uh, because he's he's so accommodating to us and so gracious to us. He allows us certain freedoms. He allows us certain liberties. But then there's a, a point where he will nudge us and show us that that's not the way to go. We're to go this way. Amen. And so it's it's good to to have that dwelling inside of you, spirit, that secures your your uh your your salvation you know i think about you know if you have a pet that gets into everything and most pets do they're curious if they're allowed to go some places that they don't go when you're in the house all the time if you leave the house you find out what they are what they interested in amen and so you kind of have to put them on a leash or put them in a pen or something like that for their own safety Amen. You're not doing it because you're a mean owner or a mean master. You're doing it because they'll get into some things that they don't understand could be harmful to them. And so God does that with us. We have the security of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us that's kind of got us on a short leash. You understand what I'm saying? It it feels like it's long because you barely feel it. But Trust me, you try to get outside of some parameters, it is short. Amen. He'll yank it up your choke chain real quick and pull you back. And so what what that is, the Bible says that's your earnest deposit. He is the earnest deposit. Why? Because everything he does points to eternity. 
So he's like your security deposit on heaven. He's your security deposit on all the promises that God's given you. He's your security deposit on a peaceful life, on a prosperous life, amen, on a blessed life. He is your security deposit on there. And every time you, you pray and you get a, a, uh, confirmation or witness in your spirit that what you prayed is, is the right thing to, to get, you get that from the Holy Spirit. He is, is verifying that heaven listens to you and heaven is responding to you and heaven is, is on your side. He's there to keep us connected to heaven. In such a way that we are content, we're satisfied, we don't want to go nowhere, we don't want to do anything else, amen? It's, it's a security for us, amen? And he's also the agent of manifestation. He manifests the word of God. So he does all of these things, you know, to help us. You know, he, he is the reason why everybody in here, if I told anybody in here who saved you, ain't going to heaven. You say, oh, yes, I am. I don't know what you thought. Huh? So ridiculous to even suggest that. The Holy Spirit makes you talk like that. If you didn't have him, you would have no uh, assurance. Heaven's invisible, y'all. You ain't never been. You can't even get it. Elon Musk can't get a ticket there, and he wants one bad. Amen? And so it's it's a place we haven't seen. We We don't really perceive what it's like many times you know there are people who go and come back and when they come back and start talking it's like you said i don't even understand what they're talking about almost you you understand what i'm saying the holy spirit has to even translate (laughs) just common language to us so that we'll we'll know what's going on and so by the spirit of god god dwells within us He's pleased to do that. He's pleased to dwell in each and every one of us and never move out. At the end of your life, when you get ready to step over, you step over because he leads you over. Amen. It's the agency of the Holy Spirit that that all of this is real to us. You know, I was ministering at at the homegoing service. All of you know, uh, Avis passed away and, and, you know, she's, you know how she lives. She loved God. Avis, you could take her anywhere and she could find a way to witness to somebody. It just always would amaze me sometimes. You know, it's like, as some people are what I call appropriate, spiritually appropriate. They may not talk a lot all the time, or but when they do speak up, it's just the right to the right thing. And, and many times when you lose someone, you know, you're confused and you don't, you know, you, you don't want it to make sense to you. You know what I'm saying? You don't have time to listen to people tell you anything. But, you know, the Lord began to deal with me about, uh, services for, for the departed saints. And he said, just explain things to people from where I'm sitting. Let them know what I think about all of this and what's going on. And, and he began to show me, he said, you know, your, your spirit man, is groaning all the time to get free to come to heaven. You know, in Romans eight twenty eight, we think that's talking about groaning and travailing, and but you know the Bible says that those he groans for us with groanings that cannot be what uttered. 
So it ain't praying in tongues. And it ain't groaning travailing. He by himself is preparing you to receive your glorified body. He's interceding for you to step over into heaven when it's your time. You got me? And you'll get there on time. You won't be early. You won't be late. You'll be on time. You understand what I'm saying? But these are the things that the Holy Spirit does to prepare. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, who you think is helping him? And he's making you aware. Amen. You know, it says we are by our spirit. He said, the creation groans. Where this place is the pits. When you think about it, I mean, if you, the, the people that think that all, earth is all there is are greatly deceived. Amen. Because it's deteriorating every day as we speak. Sin is everywhere. You can't breathe without it touching you in some way. You know, you listen to, to the news and, and you get more confused, but you go to get information, you're more confused after you listen to it before you listen to it. Why? Because of sin. Iniquity causes confusion. Does it deliberately? And the enemy is doing it to keep as many people under his control as he can because his time is short. He's harvesting as well as God is harvesting. And so the Holy Spirit is preparing us for our heavenly home. From the day you got born again, he started preparing you. Amen. He is allowing you, your spirit man, to long for heaven. Your spirit man to understand that there's something better here, that one day he will be totally free. Amen. You know, you used to hear people sing them songs, I'll fly away, oh glory. You know, that's a spirit. The spirit is speaking like that. There ain't people wanting to fly away, get wings and fly away. Your flesh wants to get some more fried wings. Y'all got to help me out today. You understand what I'm saying? So that's your, that's a Holy Ghost song if ever there was one. Amen. And so we, we need to understand that, that, that our, our connection to everything heavenly is the Holy Spirit. He's pleased to understand that he likes living in you. He's not upset with you. He's not packing up. He ain't got no attitude. He ain't trying to move out on you. He's he's never going to leave you or forsake you. You'll always get that witness of the Spirit for whatever it is that you are are undertaking, whatever it is that you want to do. You'll have that witness of the Spirit when when it's a go. Amen? And And you'll find him get a little irritated when it's a no. And so we always have him there as our umpire letting us know when we're safe and when we're not safe. And so it's because of that security of the Spirit that that we can understand that He will never leave us or forsake us. Once He moves in, He is our earnest deposit on heaven until we step over into heaven. So He's not going anywhere. He's going to have to usher us over in there. He's going to have to prepare our spirits in a glorified way so that heaven will be more like a friendly place to us when we get there. All of those things are the things of the Spirit. And while we yet live on earth, we are here, and he is the agent of our blessings. Amen. He is the agent of everything good in our lives, and he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. 
So when Jesus talks about himself not leaving us, he's with us in the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so he he wants to dwell with us. He wants to help us. He wants to love us, reassure us, comfort us, strengthen us. All of those things is what he does for us. Amen. And we need it. We need counsel. We need to understand things. We need help. When we run into needs or problems, we need his help. And so the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the one called alongside to aid us and to help us, he is our earnest deposit on everything heaven. Amen. Everything that you need from heaven. He is your deposit and he lets you know that it is yours. Amen. It is for you. And he gives you that witness that in, 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 in that respect, he helps you to hold on to things that God has promised. Amen. Helps you hold on to your faith for certain things. He's there helping you. He's, he's understanding. You know, some, there are some people who kind of understand the Holy Spirit better than others. And I was thinking about Catherine Kuhlman and how she, she depended so much on him, but she never took it for granted, you know, to the point where, you know, she knew that every time God told her to have a meeting, he would show up and be there. And people would say, you could see her pacing around praying, doubting if he would show up again or not. See? So it, it's, it's that. You know, it's like he lives in us. He's our friend. He's our companion. But he's God. See, you can't get familiar like that. You got to respect the God thing about him as well as the fact that he is a friend to us. He's right here where we can talk to him and so forth and so on. The Holy Spirit also bears witness with our spirits. And he verifies things that are conscience, things in our conscience. Amen. The, the, it's the, uh, Paul said, my conscience bearing witness in the Holy Spirit. So he operates in a mental capacity with us as well. Amen. He checks your thoughts. He verifies your thoughts. He helps your thoughts to go to the right direction. He whispers, you know, answers to us. You know, like you used to wish somebody when you would have that test and you know you didn't study for it. You wish you had somebody sitting on your shoulders. Psst, psst, psst. That's him. Amen. He'd tell you the right answer in the right situation. Sometimes we sit up and with we're, uh, a scripture will come to us in certain situations and we just sit back and go, oh, the girl is on her. Tell me I don't know my scriptures. And don't even remember what you said. Somebody said, remember when you told me so and so and so you can't even remember. Amen. Right. As him. And it's good to check in with him often because he can help you to straighten your crazy mind out. You know, you'll be sitting up thinking, of, you know, just nice thoughts. And then all of a sudden you see a car crash in your mind. You understand what I'm saying? Just go, well, where'd that come from? Your crazy mind. Amen. So it's good to just meditate, meditate on the word because you could be having a nice little pleasant, you know, happy thought day. You ain't got no business happy because that comes from the devil. Usually happy thought people, they making all this stuff up. 
They'll tell you stuff that some tragedy happens. Well, you know, it's for the good and you want to just slap them. Now let it happen to you. It's for the good. You can have my share. So, so, you know, the, the happy thought stuff, where to stay away from that? You have something better. You have the power of the word of God. Amen. You have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Holy Ghost gives you a sound mind. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so we're talking about the fact that he will never leave us, never forsake us because he's preparing us for our eternal home, but he's also giving us kingdom life while we're down here. So he is the agent of everything kingdom related in your life. He, the life that we live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the son of God in the person of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so when we understand that God has a plan for us, there's a plan for everybody. You're not wandering around out here with nothing to do. You've got some place you need to be. You just need to check in with him and find out where it is, when it is, how it is, all of that, and learn how to, to follow the Lord. Learn how to put the word of God into practice in your life. You read a scripture just in David, God, I'm going to get this. I, I can't tell you how many times I've said that. Amen. I got to get this, Lord. I, this, I got to master this. This is something, this is important. And you know, and it's not just important to me as a person, but it's important to my spirit to be able to, to grasp what God is communicating here and, and make it mine and make it a part of my life on a regular and a daily basis. And this is really all God wants to do. He wants to have fellowship and communion with us. He wants to reassure us of who we are, straighten up our identity, you know, straighten up our our uh, thought life, all of that to give us peace and make it pleasant for us. He's the agent of the pleasant life, amen? The blessed life is a pleasant life good things coming to you, expecting good things at all times and never quit expecting them. You know how sometimes you expect, 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 and and it doesn't come when you think it's supposed to come. You get mad and quit expecting. Amen. Well, you were to leave an expectation of good all the time. Isn't that what Amos 9.13 tell? Amen. So fast your head will spin. One thing fast on the heels of the other. I mean, if that's not good all the time, why can't we expect that? Amen. And we can expect that. Well, you know, sometimes you just get disappointed. Slap yourself if you say something stupid like that. Amen. That old lazy old man, old man of the flesh, feeling sorry for himself. Why? Quitters have pity. You're not no quitter. And the Holy Ghost ain't no quitter. Amen. You got nothing to feel sorry for yourself for. Amen. Devil feel sorry for him. He's the only, ain't nobody mad about you doing good but him. Amen. And he tries to pull you over into his corner on a, on a, a regular basis. So, so don't go there. Amen. Don't go there. So, so anyway, we, this covenant that we live in with Christ and the Holy Spirit is a better covenant than the old covenant was. And that was really a, a, the Old Testament was really a way for God to teach people about his holiness and about his mercy. 
about his character. And so when you look back at that, it was done away with because there was no help from the Holy Spirit. See, that he didn't come to live in them at that time, but he would come when Jesus came. And so when Jesus comes, everything is different. It's it's a new day. It's a day of mercy. It's a day of peace. It's a day of God blessing people just by their faith. Everybody's included. It's a jubilee moment. And so he wants us, though, to live in that life of jubilee all the time. Amen. Knowing all things are possible. You, you, you need symptoms to leave your body. It can happen at any time. You know, there's no set time. It's not taking a long time for anything. It just is what it is. You know, people say things like, well, you still believe in God for self. What are you believing in for? Why are you picking my brain? Don't you have something better to do? Huh? Because I'm going to bless you or hurt you. You understand? what? <laughs> One of the two. Not sure what's on the schedule for today yet, but stick around. Amen. Just don't have no business to mind. That's their problem. And let the devil use them to undermine your faith if they can. I always want to check up on your answers to prayer. Don't you have a prayer list of your own you can check on? What are you working on? It's like I said, nothing. So this is a better covenant. There's no curse on it. That means you should not be expecting any bad news. Expect only good news. But what if, don't live in the what ifs. Live in your expectation. See, most people don't know how to live expecting good all the time. Because their minds are clouded with what they see, think, hear, you know, all of that. You know, expecting good really has to come from your spirit. It can't come from your head up here just trying to get a happy thought. Well, I expect things, it's going to go good, it's going to go, what? what's going to go good? What are you anticipating, God? Put a name on something. Amen? I expect, God, I expect my children to straighten up and want to serve you, to, to walk in a church, and, you know, start churches and, and bless people and, do all the things that you have on tap for them to do. I'm expecting good. Because they're the seed of the righteous. They hate sin and the devil. Devil, they hate you. You think you got them, but they hate you. And nobody going to serve nobody for too long that they hate. You let them go right now in the name of Jesus. Don't let anybody, anything talk you out of your faith. Amen? You know, it's amazing. Circumstances can change, but your faith can remain the same. What you believed in the beginning, believe it up to the the last minute. Amen? No, it's easy to believe God for great things, you know, for people when they are doing well and doing great things. But when you start seeing the devil start to try and manifest through them and picking at them and all this kind of stuff, don't change your expectation. Don't change your confession. 
See, when Jesus is the author and finisher for our faith, we don't change. He don't change. Your faith don't change. Your believing don't change. Your confession don't change. You don't change. Let the devil change. Let him let him go for a change. Amen? And quit quit dwelling with people so much. So this covenant's a better covenant. It's it's curse proof, foolproof. It's got life and it's got health in it. You just have to choose life and hold on to what you choose and believe and feed life inside of you. Instead of feeding doubt and feeding uh, fear and all those other things, you know. The fear level has increased in the atmosphere worldwide. You hear so much fear being spoken. You know, because the word's not being spoken the way it should be. You know, anytime you shut down all the churches, that's a pretty bold move on the devil's part. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes for nothing. I mean, ever. But to be bold enough to tell churches they're not essential. Okay, devil. You said it, I didn't. Amen. Like my daddy used to say, it's one thing to say it, but can you live behind it? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. So he's going to pay for all this. You got me? He's going to lose a lot of people. A lot of people. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. We pray all the time for a spirit of repentance to come to people who are in witchcraft. See, we, we bless them with a spirit of repentance, God. There's people lined up at the door for Jesus to knock on the door of their hearts. So the devil don't win this one. And as many souls as we can take with us, so much to the good. And expect to see people come to Christ. Expect to see people turn around. Expect to see people want the Lord. Because they don't want where they're living. They just aren't certain enough about God. Amen. So God's going to make them certain. He has a way to do that. He has a way to answer prayers we have no clue about. Amen. So when Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, once we begin with him, he sees to it that we're successful in everything. He takes care of that. See, we're not trying to get him to do anything. We're not trying to figure out what we need to do to, you know, make him love us more, bless us more, use us more, anything more. Amen. You know, just chill. Be led. Amen. Allow him to do these things. It's it's more allowing him, not trying to figure out what you need to do to perform to please him. You know, the devil loves to twist our minds up like that. You know, it's, oh, well, it's taken a long time. Where does that come from? It comes from hell. Amen? What's a long time? What's too long? Amen? We don't have a clock that says, oh, yeah, I prayed that prayer, and it should be done by now. Like you call the shots. You got me? God, he, Jesus is the author and finisher 
of your faith, not your goodies. Goodies is just a hook to get you to use your faith. You know, and when the Bible says when the Son of Man returns, shall he find somebody living in a big mansion because they were able to use their faith to get all this stuff. He ain't looking for stuff. He looking for faith. It is, and it really is all you, are you still believing him? Are you still trusting in him? Is he still your Lord? Is he still your God? Or did we let trouble come in and disconnect us from him? Amen. I was thinking about, you know, how important it is what we say to ourselves. You know, it's like, what do you say to yourself? You know, that's important. It's we're so outward minded sometimes. We just get so caught up in letting people know we, we're kind, we're loving, we're peaceful, and this, we that, we that, we that, we that. But be inward sometimes. Most of the time. It's like, what do you say within yourself? You know, like, you'll get a miracle by what you tell yourself. You know, it, or you'll go down to defeat by what you tell yourself. The woman with the issue of blood got a miracle against all odds. Abraham and Sarah got a miracle against all odds. These are, these are the hope against hope people that believe God and held on and pulled out a miracle. Amen. How'd they do that? By what they said to themselves. What you tell yourself is very important. You know, we'll let all kind of crazy thoughts go through our head and start thinking about that and get depressed. I don't know what's taking so long. You don't have God on no schedule. He don't work for you. Last time I heard, he called us his servants, not vice versa. Don't get it twisted. You know, I've heard people say stuff like, well, the Holy Spirit is your servant. Uh, I ain't never been to make him do nothing. Just because he manifests the promises of God. Somebody got it twisted and think, I say, I dare you to make him do anything. Servants don't talk back. They don't say no. You going to relegate God to that place? That's why I say sometimes we watch too much Christian television. Uh Uh-huh. God wants to manifest everything to us. But he lives inside. It's good to have just a little talk with yourself on the inside. The woman with the issue of blood said, you know what? I'm thinking something. I can't go up and ask him for nothing. I'm unclean and he's a priest. It'll never work. Got me? I can't go to the priest because when I go to him, I got to be well before I can get checked in again. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't do that. But you know what I can do? This man got power coming in, going out, because I don't watch him. If something goes out of him that comes in the people, and they walk away healed. 
If I can work that out, I got it made. See, she put that together herself. She said within herself. Now, she must have talked to herself for quite a while. You don't just sit down one day and get a glorious thought and run off with it. She had to fight through doubt. She had to fight through the law. She had to fight through. She was avoiding the temple. She wasn't allowed to go in there. And who shows up on the day for her miracle? The ruler of the synagogue. Come on now, y'all. See, when you talk about hoping against hope, see, we think we in bad shape because we got to wait a little while for something. Sweating. Your mind wandering. You used to be able to pray in tongues and get your mind straight and everything flows and then it, you, your mind interrupts your tongues. And you in bad shape when that happens. I don't know what I'm looking at. Instead of doing that, once you do, David had to talk within himself about his God. Not about his problems. Not about the men that wanted to kill him. Not about the missing wives, the missing kids, the missing goods. He didn't think about none of that. He, the Bible says he thought about the Lord his God. And when he came out, he had a plan. And it succeeded. But he had to encourage it. you got to encourage yourself before you even want to listen to what God has to say to you. You ever talk to somebody and they spouting off all kind of negative stuff, crazy stuff, doom and gloom, blah, blah, blah. And you said, well, you know, you know, the word says, and they go, slap you silly. I know it, no word. No, you don't, but I'm going to keep moving. I see right now you ain't in the mood for nothing I got to say. I'm get my head bit off. You understand what I'm saying? Unless you get a special anointing to break that thing. And most people don't have the time to, you understand what I'm saying? That's a lot of work. You'll fight with somebody who's comfortable being negative and comfortable being in the dumps. You don't have to go intercede for them, pray them out of the dumps. You have to pray them into some kind of normal carnal mindset in order for to reach them with the word. But it's very important what we say to ourselves inside of ourselves. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, she, she'd have made up her mind. She's thinking about it at home. She said, Oh yeah, I'm going to go touch him. I touch him, touch him, touch him. You know, I'll go touch him. And, and you know, okay, I can't go to the temple. That's out. They don't do nothing up in there. No way but take your money. I ain't got no money. The doctors took all that. So I can't go to the temple. And then, Who's at the head of the line with Jesus? The ruler of the temple. So, I didn't plan for that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? See, you need something to happen inside of you where your faith is so resilient. It overrides an obstacle you haven't considered. See, we make our plans with the Holy Ghost based on the things we've already considered. She ain't going to the synagogue. She don't have to touch no priest. And then one a priest shows up wanting something from Jesus. So he's standing right next to her. 
So how is she going to work this out? Amen? But her faith tells her, do it anyhow. Do it anyhow. Her faith makes it so that she cannot be denied. Faith will make a way to move every obstacle out of the way so that you can receive what you have. So her faith told her what action to take. She couldn't take another action and get her healing. Got me? There's people always come up to you with a better way to get something done. But whatever it is, you're going to have to talk to yourself inside of yourself and make a decision between you and the Holy Spirit how this thing is going to go down. And you got to stick with it. you got to do it. If it doesn't happen the first time, we don't know if that was the first time she went and tried to touch Jesus. We don't know how many times she had, she tried to do it. But she succeeded that time because she did what her faith told her to do. So she was not denied. So in Mark chapter 7, we're going to see an example of how Jesus works with us as the author and the finisher of our faith. How he worked with the Syrophoenician woman who came with a level of faith. We don't know how much because generally we can tell by the response that people get from the Lord if their faith pleases him or not. Amen. For instance, Jairus, when they started out, he asked Jesus to come and and heal my daughter. And Jesus said, sure, I'll come. And so his faith pleased Jairus' faith pleased the Lord, or he would not have gone with him. So as the author and finisher of his faith, he has to go along with that faith as long as it's visible. When you cut loose from your faith, you cut loose from him. You got me? So it's his job to keep you connected to him with your faith or whatever faith you have. So in in Mark 7 and verse, I think it's 20-something, This lady comes up to Jesus. Verse 24. From there he arose and went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon, entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him and came and fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. Now, these people are Gentiles. They don't know anything. They don't have a covenant, an old covenant with God, no history with God, anything like that. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Now, people, the people who came to Jesus and did not have a covenant, generally coming, they were generally coming based on faith alone. Many times Jews would come to him and they were standing on the promise of their inheritance as, as, as sons and daughters of Abraham. You would hear them say that. Uh, many times the Jews would say, uh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. This lady had no claim to a, any kind of covenant with God. She's just coming on raw faith to see if Jesus will honor what she says. And Jesus said, He would cast the devil forth out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children first be filled, for it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she answered and said, yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the devil has gone out of your daughter. 
And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone and her daughter laid upon the bed. Now, this is, this is a, a, an example to me of how faith progresses in your relationship with God and how it's Jesus' responsibility through the Holy Spirit to cause your faith to manifest what you desire. Once you, you have a partner with God, you're not out here just trying to figure out something to say to God to get him to move. Amen? Uh, like, <laughs> Pastor Shirley and I are laughing. We keep laughing about this, this situation. Brother Hagen was telling us, uh, about a man that they were praying for. Brother Hagen was preaching at this man's church and they were praying for the meeting. And the man was saying, move, God, move. Brother Hagin said, I got so sick of him moaning, move, God, move. And he said, pretty soon I got up and moved away from him. And he said, by hook or by crook, move, God, move. You know, We ain't hooking or crooking to get something from the Holy Spirit. He already knows what he's going to do. He's already decided he's going to stay with you till the end. Amen to the end of your prayer, to the end of your life, to the end when it manifests. He's right there to do what? Help you. He's not there checking you off to see if you've been good enough, naughty or nice. Amen? He's helping you to complete your faith. Faith is raw when we first get started. It's a seed when we first get started. You know, if if it were, if it would come instantly the minute we prayed, it would be magic. It wouldn't be faith. Faith is totally different. It's a spiritual substance that's able to knock on the door of heaven and release what it is God has stored up for you with your name on it. Amen. You don't want just anything. You, you understand what it's not a guess. It's not, you can, you can get exactly what it is you desire from God. But you got a number one believe, number one believe God wants you to have stuff. This is a problem with a lot of people. And you gotta believe he's a good God. You know, you'll hear people say, well, well, yeah, I want to get married, but I don't want nobody who, well, God ain't gonna give you that. Cause you mean enough without being agitated. Poppy, they ain't working with me today. I hate to keep calling on you like, you know, like me and you the only ones here. You know what I'm saying? But I need a little help. I mean, to think God would even try to send you something you don't want is wrong. I hope you all know that. He's going to send you exactly what you believe for. So you better start believing for something good. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? You keep you know, working on these flaky ideas about your prayer and what God is going to do, some of that stuff going to start showing up. You got me? Like Jairus, he he was scared. He said, my, my daughter is sick under death. <laughs> when he went to Jesus, he, they say he besought him greatly. He's begging. On his feet, oh Jesus, please, 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 my sickness, oh, she died, she died, oh no. And guess what? Before he got home with Jesus, she died. So Jesus has to work on that stuff. 
Don't ever say you want something, but you don't want this. And you know, this ain't no Chinese menu. You know, God will give you a vision of what he has for you. If you're scared you're going to get something bad, get back in the word until you get convinced that good is going to come to you. See, people live in marginal lives because they're afraid to step out what we call in faith and really believe God for something that they really want. The things that are in your heart, he put there anyway. You trying to pluck them out and And poor little husband, he, you done shook him to death. Or wife. I don't want nobody come in there. I don't like all the nails they be wearing. I don't like all the hair they be wearing. Well, I don't know who you gonna marry. Cause even the, even the trans men is wearing a lot of nails and a lot of hair. Where you gonna escape that? I just don't know. No, don't involve God in none of that kind of stuff. Go somewhere and get in the word until you make up your mind that God is a good God. You don't have to have all that stuff hanging in your prayer. Amen. Jairus was scared when he went up to Jesus. Part faith, part fear. You think that stops, that didn't make Jesus say no. Jesus went with him. He ain't scared of your fear. Before they even got there, the girl died. And it wasn't the woman with the issue of blood's fault either. She is DOA when he asked for the prayer. You got me? So he gonna have to believe for something bigger than he ever believed for. Hint, hint. All of y'all trying to get mature results on, you know, elementary faith. Same, same little game you used to play when you're a new Christian. Wait till you get hard up and And somehow you move him because you got your stuff. You don't know how it happened. And you run off like a thief with it before he realizes you weren't halfway believing. I don't know how he did that. Girl, I was such a bad shape. I just don't know how. Uh, he helps our faith and he's merciful you can get big things today and and almost be losing your mind tomorrow do you understand what I'm saying you hit the faith jackpot on Thursday Uh, so this Syrophoenician woman comes up to him she's not a covenant woman so she's, you know, she's not raised in this. She don't understand who Messiah is totally. She may just know that he's a good man, he's a priest, and people have said they get healed, you know, when they ask him. He's been healing a lot of people that go up and ask. And so she's approaching him the best way she knows how. And she says her daughter has an unclean spirit, and she besought him that he would cast her out. Now she's pleading with him. She doesn't know how to approach him. And Jesus being a God of mercy understands that. You know, sometimes we, we get, we get ourselves in our own trouble by trying to 
present something to him like we're going to a, a, you know, a court or something like that. You know, got to have all your little ducks in a row and, you know, your list of brother so-and-so's list of five things you do to get your prayers answered. And you got all your stuff little lined up and you just spouting off and talking and talking and talking. And it doesn't move God. You'd have done better to do as she did. Just come up there. Listen, I, my daughter, she's sick. She's bad. And you got to listen. This, this girl is in bad shape. I'm telling you she's in bad shape. See, she doesn't know any better. She doesn't know how to approach God, but somehow something in her has got a faith tag on it. She's not coming up to him trying to see what he can do. See, that was the kind of treatment he got from the Pharisees and the religious crowd. They came to see what he could do. And if they saw something they thought they could question, they they questioned him and, and then accused him of doing it through the devil's power. You got me? That kind of crowd never gets anything. Faith comes expecting, believing, and using whatever effort they can muster together to ask. Amen? You know, people will say, well, well, pray in faith. When you pray in faith, you don't do this, you don't do that. You ask, listen, when I need something, I don't know what I'm doing. Huh? You know, seriously. I remember just saying an offhand kind of prayer one time and God answered it. And I said to myself, now how'd he catch that? You know, it was really more of a, a questioning him and a kind of complaint, to be honest with you. Next thing I know, God had moved and done it. Mm, could it be that he appreciates honesty? Why is that I'm not on brother so-and-so's seven list of seven things to do in order to move God? There we move God, move. By hook or by crook. You understand what I'm saying? Thank God that he's in charge. Thank God he knows what to do. The Bible says he's the high priest over our confession. You need somebody to fix that up. You know, Jesus probably looks at some of us and says, you know, Dad, now wait a minute. This is, remember her from last week? She's, let me tell you what she's trying to say. See, you involve Jesus and the Father in a family discussion every time you go to the throne room. And you thought you was praying great prayers. Because you followed brother so-and-so seven steps to answer prayer. Huh? And you, 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 you mess up and say, ooh, I don't feel good. <gasps> but I believe I received my <laughs> Believe I received Huh? Listen, everybody have an off day sometimes. You, you confession raggedy. Your wig is backwards. You understand what I'm saying? You... <laughs> Nails popping off every three seconds. You just can't, ain't nothing right. Nothing right, God. Hmm? 
your crown. You don't even know where the crown is no more. I'm going to have a sister come straighten your crown. You done threw that in the corner days ago. You was queen for a minute. See, people like these these uh, uh, Gentiles that come to Jesus. See, we need to take note of that. Because these people are showing us how to use raw faith to get what you need from God. You can't stand on there with, well, I, you know, I have a covenant with God. You better read it. Read the fine print. Because he don't hear you based on you have no covenant with him and you tell him that. It's faith, which works by love. Got to love him more than anything. Got to tell him so. We're so busy with our steps and formulas, we forget God loves us and he expects us to love him back. You know, you can break yourself of some of these bad habits. I, I can remember thinking to myself, I said, God, I said, you know, I see sometimes people say, we shouldn't ask you for anything, just just come to you and worship you. And I did it for five minutes before I knew what I was asking for something. And I kind of felt like he said, you're doing good. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Better than what you've been doing. You know, it's a step. It's, you got to make these steps. So here this woman comes to him. She don't know nothing about nothing. She don't know how to pray. She don't know how to approach him. He's a holy man. She don't know what that means. She's just raw. She got a need. Amen. Who else feels like that sometimes? Just raw, got a need. God, I'm not coming to you based on no good behavior, you know, good practices, right, right, right way to approach you. I just, if you don't do this for me, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It's just pure and simple. I ain't going nowhere else and I ain't threatening to go nowhere else, but I know if you don't do it, it won't get done. And I would like to have it done. So she came and and fell at his feet. She was worshiping him the best way she knew how, I believe. Amen. And, And there has to be a level of faith righteousness in what we say or the prayer can't, but there's not enough faith on that prayer to get God to honor our faith. It's got to have a righteous element to it, which righteousness really is, is trusting God totally, having no animosity against anybody. You know, even sinners know how to straighten up. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, if you take somebody to church, it's, you know, it's a new, new convert or and been to church in a while, they'll ask, well, what should I wear? And that's a good question. It's saints that need to ask that. And I'm talking about front, front row saints. On the podium saints. But see, they have a sense 
that there's a standard that they don't attain to and they're trying to. See? And, and that's really all God is looking for in righteousness. We acknowledge a higher standard that we can't attain to and we want to respect that standard. Amen. And that's really what, what this interaction with this woman is all about. Because at first, when she approaches him, uh, the account in Matthew says that she, she asked him about three times. Amen. The first time when she talked to him and asked him, he said nothing to her. He totally ignored her. Amen. Now, when you get ignored by God, that's one level of rejection. Then he calls her a dog. He said, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, get dogs under the table, eat of the children's crumbs. Now, there is a place where what it is that's standing between you and your faith being acceptable to God will be exposed at some point by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's something you might say casually, and then you hear yourself and you, did I say that? Or it strikes you on the inside, your ears hear it out here, but it resonates down here some kind of way, and you realize it's wrong. Now, this is how the Holy Spirit operates with all of us, folks. So if you haven't noticed that, you will notice it. Pay attention. You'll, you'll begin to understand that there's something I said that doesn't have a friendly ring or it's not a loving, it doesn't connect with me on the inside that it's a good thing to say or a good thing to think. Amen? You, you'll hear yourself thinking about stuff and you said, I gotta get that out of me. Where'd that come from? You, you, you ever do that kind of stuff? And see, this is, this is what he's doing with her. And this is what the Holy Spirit does with us on, in the inward man. See, we keep asking God, what's taking so long? What's hindering my prayer? But we don't want him to tell us. So that ain't sincere. You know what I mean. I know something's wrong. And then you move away like you moved away from God. He, you, he's inside. You took him with you. But you kind of move away from what you asked about. You're hoping he don't tell you. Because really inside you're thinking, I don't know. I didn't clean my clock. I didn't confess to kidnapping the Lindbergh baby. I confessed to shooting James Earl Ray down there. The, and I wasn't even born then. You understand what I'm saying? I, I have confessed everything. I made up my mind to be nice to everybody. If it's somebody I miss, God, put them on the list for tomorrow. I'll go over and say hi to them, whatever I need to do. See, you have cleaned your carnal brain out of every religious thing you think you need to do in order to please God. But you're still not satisfied. Then you start confessing the word real fast. Because you feel like that's what's wrong. I haven't confessed the word enough. If I confess it maybe 20 more times a day, I'd have it by now. And none of that's true. And if there is something that's hindering your faith, you got to trust God to know he working on it. 
You can't perfect yourself. When you think it's taking too long for you to get something from God, you're trying to perfect yourself. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one who matures us into the level we need to live at so that we can be peaceful and comfortable in attaining the things that we're aspiring to. He's got to get us there. Yeah, I received a prophecy from from the Lord, from somebody, but you know, I, I, this, I like this person's ministry and God said, just connect with that person and, and go to their meetings close enough to them to get to them and all that. And this, this minister gave me a prophecy and it validated some things God had been telling me that I didn't think were God. And I'm still trying to figure out what to do to get him to do it. Because I can't believe that I don't have to do anything but believe. So when I find myself getting busy, 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 I have made so many promises to the Holy Spirit to do this and do that and do the other. And I do it for two or three days and forget to do it. And there I am repenting. He said, I never told you to do that stuff. If you want to do it, do it. But don't get me involved in your works. He said, you didn't work that prophecy up. In fact, you told me twice that wasn't me talking to you. And I had to tell somebody to tell you publicly. See, now you got it on tape. Now you got it on video. You got it on audio. You got it in all three realms that I told you that. So don't quit. Keep coming to me asking me what you need to do to get me to do it. I'm already going to do it. And see, this is the way we ought about almost everything. You get over into your work so fast. Well, God, I just don't want to miss you. You didn't even know this was coming into your life before I told you. How you going to miss something you didn't know was going to happen anyway? Okay, I'm being a good girl, I see. I haven't watched television like a year. I'm just not interested. It's that, that ain't works, y'all. It's just, I'm not interested. Cause when God comes walking through my door, I'm gonna jump him. And I don't want to be distracted. Now watch, the one day I turn on television, he'll show up. You understand? <laughs> you just can't figure this God out. And it's a good thing. Amen. But I'm doing the best I can. Can you believe that? I mean, you do what you do. But he's still going to complete your faith. He started your faith. When I got born again, I didn't know anything about God. Well, you know, Catholic Church God and Baptist Church God. You know, religion. I didn't know anything about so he started this whole thing. And I was just wanting, I said, I said, Lord, you just done so much for me. I said, I, I really love you. I, I, can I do anything for you? Bam. You, you understand what I'm saying? Just open door. And so he's going to finish it too. 
you know, I sit up and I, I said, oh, okay, God, well, if you're going to do that, then I got to believe you for longer. Like, you see, you've been praying for 120 years for 35 years. How much more you believe in you want to do? Do you understand me? It's, we never think we measure up. And that part of us that thinks like that has to die. So most of what he's doing and completing our faith is killing that part of us that's insecure, fearful, unsure, thinking you're going to miss him. You know, you'd be so prepared to jump jump on a plane, you forget to call the Uber or whoever is going to take you there. You understand what I'm saying? And so, so he wants us to know that we can chill, we can rest, we can take the, the sweat off of us. Quit sweating what he's already promised to do. Quit sweating what he's already done. So when it comes to the healing, he's already done it. Why do we sweat it? Like you're going to miss it. Like there's a healing train coming by and you got to get yourself all dressed up and all nice and purdy or you're going to miss the train. The healer's inside of you. If he's has, he has something to deal with you on, he'll deal with you from the inside out. Amen? What he wants to see is are you going to keep believing me even though you don't see anything for days, for weeks, for months, for years, for decades? You know, Steve, you're going to keep believing me like you did the first day? You can. It may not be as exciting as it was the first day, but you can say, you know what, God, I'm not walking away from I got to get this. I'm still believing you. I'm not going to let go of this. So you make a decision to hold on. Sometimes that's what faith is. It ain't pretty, but it's holding on. Amen. You know, you want it to, to, for everything to work smooth, but it's, there's no smooth to faith. You wouldn't know what smooth is anyway, as far as God's standard. God just wants you to cross the finish line. Amen. Holding on to him that he takes you across the finish line. Amen. So, so with faith sometimes though, it's necessary for a person to plead their case, to empty themselves of everything that's on the inside of them. And that's what this lady stopped short of doing. Amen. When Jesus told her it wasn't meat for him to taste, not right for me to take these children. These are God's children over here. You're a dog over here. I can't take their food and bring it over to you. And that allowed her to vent what she was holding back from venting all along. If there's something in us that's hindering our faith, Jesus knows how to remedy it. It's not about you saying, I know, I know it's taken too long. God There must be something wrong. Whatever it is, God, tell me what it is. You'll never get an answer like that. You'll get one like this. (laughs) Because your answer, your answer, you're, you're pleading with God about what's wrong with me that I don't get anything. Huh? That's what we're saying. You say something, it must be something wrong, Lord, it's taking too long. When you say stuff like that, what you're doing is, is you're, taking unrighteousness and trying to bring it into a righteous situation. 
See, unrighteousness told you time was important. Got me? So you're taking the holy, the unholy, and mixing it with the holy, and God's not going to, he don't work like that. That's why you never get an answer to that. And when you get tired of trying to make up something to make sure you're doing everything right, covering all your bases, when you get tired of doing that, that's when he shows up and helps you and lets you know, just keep believing. Go get back in your words. You were doing good five days ago when you were reading your word every day. We was we was like that. Now you done jumped out the word. You're going to tell me something's wrong. I'll tell you what's wrong. It's your mind. Your crazy head done got involved in it again. But the things that are not right, he does not take care of it by you petitioning him, being led by an unrighteous motive. Just want to get it over with. I'm sick of waiting. See, if you come to him like that, now he help you. Because he knows how to deal with people that's sick of waiting. Do you understand what I'm saying? He'll help you with that. It's like he did this woman. See, inside of her, her faith isn't being released because inside of her, she thinks she's not going to get it anyway. Gentiles heard what the religious crowd said about them. That's all they ever heard. You ever have somebody tell you, you know, you're different. Where you go to church? Because, see, I deal with church people all the time, and they ain't like you. you. You're nice. You're normal. I can talk to you. They're accustomed to being talked at, talked down to, hammered at made to feel because see that's judgment coming he did not come to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved it takes a little effort to learn how to get people saved takes no effort to pick out people's faults church people are experts at it we sit in church and do that all the time you understand what i'm saying so and you take that out into the world and you think you're going to win a soul, you're not going to win anybody with that. But people will ask you, you know, you, you seem like you, you're a normal person. You know, most church people they think are, you know, lunatics and bad people. They don't want to, they don't want to be around them. So she had been exposed to a lot of religion. Oh, we're, you know. Like the the Pharisee Jesus overheard two men praying. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I am not like that man. <laughs> Patting himself on the back. Then there's this poor guy. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He's beating himself on his help me, Lord. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Amen. God helped the one who was just honest and asking for help. Rather than the one Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. Y'all too good for what I got. You don't need me already. Amen. And so this is what this woman has heard. Her, her, her hearing, not only she's heard of Jesus as healer, cause she came to him, but she's got other stuff in her head too that she's heard. And she's heard she's no good. But something in her tells her to ask anyway. That little something is faith. It's not enough to get what she needs, but she puts it out there anyway. 
And that's the way we are. When you first start praying, you don't, you don't go and check your faith meter and see how much is in your faith bank. Just, oh Lord, look at what came in the mail. Oh yeah, I'm going to do the Hezekiah. <laughs> Put the letter up there and say, God, this mail is for you. Huh? And see, you can do that and pimp on away and, and be happy, but most people don't. We take the letter, put up, God, that letter's for you. Then we go get the letter and read it again. See, that little bit of faith you had on it initially, God can work with that. That's what he does. He takes our offering of faith and he begins to work with it and develops it. He's the author and developer. He's the one that told you to ask in the beginning. You're prompted by the, the, prompted by the Holy Spirit of God to ask God. All the time. I don't care who you are, uh, how saved you are, how long you've been saved, if you're a sinner, whatever. The Holy Spirit prompts you to ask. Everybody asks God for something at some time in their lives. Everybody knows the court of last resort is God. You get desperate enough, you'll ask Him. Amen? That goes for saint and sinner. So she goes, she's desperate. She doesn't like seeing her daughter suffer. And she goes to him and decides she's going to ask him to heal her daughter. Amen. And and so she asks with whatever faith she has. And Jesus hears her. He doesn't let her know he hears her for a reason. Because she's got in her mind, he's like the rest of these religious people. And he's got to prove her wrong. So how's he going to prove her wrong? By doing exactly what she expects him to do. Call her a dog. Once he does that, her iniquity is exposed. Just like a lot of times what we do. Sometimes you go and talk to somebody. You say, oh, I shouldn't have said that. What's wrong with me? I should have been kinder to that person. See, iniquity's exposed. The Holy Spirit works on us like that all the time. Trust him to work on you. Keep Quit beating yourself up trying to figure out what you did wrong. Everything and you're doing wrong, more wrong now. You're beating on a vessel of God. So he provokes her. It's called a righteous slap. In fact, she ain't got several of them since she's been talking to him. You got me? We usually can't take one. Well, I got a hard word from the Lord. We'll obey it. You need to do something hard instead of wearing the soft touch all the time. Soft touches for sissies. We're warriors. <laughs> Amen. If it's hard, you can do it. Amen. If it's difficult, if it's hard swallowing down, once it gets in your belly, it becomes meat for you. Amen. You just don't like the taste of it in your mouth. So he provokes her to tell the truth. And she mad at him and all the rest of them people just like him. And she thinks she's hiding it from him when she first comes up. Huh, worship you, worship you, worship you. 
no good. I don't like you people anyway. I don't know why. I mean, I wouldn't be here if my daughter wasn't sick. You got me? He's got to get that out of her for her faith to work. That stuff will hinder your faith like nothing else. Fear, iniquity, judgment. Huh? It's like, you know, the people that would send Oral Roberts money. I don't like you. I don't come to your meetings. I never will come. Darken the door of one of your meetings. But God told me to send this money and I'm going to obey God. You got me? Thank God they don't need anything from him. Or they won't get it. Not with all of that on the inside of them. And so he has to clean her insides. He couldn't go to her and say, lady, you're lying to me. You really think I'm a mean person. You don't think I want to do this for you. No, he decides to get her out of her a good way. Provoke her. Put it to her so she can't deny it's there. Before she knows it, she's reacted to him. Amen? Telling him off. She should have done that when she first came up. She saved herself a lot of conversation. You know, just, I don't like you. I don't like y'all people. Y'all done treated us bad. I don't even think you're going to do nothing for me. Huh? He said, woman, for that saying, go home to your daughter. She's a, His faith, her faith gets released that way. She confesses her sin first, and that opens the door for her faith to be expressed. I know y'all don't like me, I don't like y'all, but I got a sick daughter at home. Amen? And forgive me for disliking you, but I want my daughter healed. Tell me what I need to do to get that. You understand what I'm saying? Simple conversation with God will allow us to be able to get past the iniquity that may be pushing our faith down. You want your faith to always be free. But this is not something you know how to do on your own. you got to trust him to do it. And that may be what's taking time, and it may not be. It may just be God's waiting on the appropriate time, other things to come together to get your situation straightened out. But in the meantime, you have his peace, you have his joy, you have access to heaven, to every fruit of the spirit you need to sustain you until the timing for the release of that which you so so earnestly desire for him. And he'll take care of you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, Father, we thank you. You will never leave us or forsake us. We're thinking stuff and you're thinking faith. So you're working on our faith while we're focused on stuff. We thank you that you're not turned off by anything that we go through and anything that we experience. So we bless you, Lord. We praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord for blessing us, keeping us, helping us, delivering us, saving us, giving us everything that we need, Lord. It's already given. We're not waiting on anything. You're waiting on us to enjoy our life. So we thank you, Lord, for causing us to have great joy to well up on the inside of us in every situation. And we honor you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen again. If anybody needs prayer in here, come on up. I'll pray.